Hello and welcome to OU's Nach Yomi. You can find this year posted at ouradio.org/nach or on my website ericlevy.com under the recording section. Hi, this is Rabbi Eric Levy, and I am pleased to bring to you the last chapter, chapter 12 of the book of Kohelet. Uh, Kohelet, unable to deny the inevitability of death, uses death as a way to remember God and therefore behave correctly while our life is still upon us. This is a continuation of the last verse in chapter 11. Remember your creator during the days of your youth, as long as those terrible days don't come, as long as the years about which you say, quote, I have no desire for them, end quote, don't arrive, which means until the end of life comes, then remember God during that time period. Once again, we have the words chefetz, which here is meant to refer to, here refers to the days that one does not want to see, one has no desire of, which means the day that one dies, um, and which has been used in this book all along as the time when God decides or desires to enact consequences, be they good or bad, in this world. And here, of course, there's a reference to God's ultimate act vis-a-vis the individual, which is his, the day of his death, or choosing the day of his death. Now Kohelet immerses us in a beautiful metaphor regarding aging towards death. This section demonstrates that you have to be on your toes when it comes to biblical literature, because you can read something that looks like it's a literal description of something, when in fact it's a metaphor for something else. Now, there are rules and limits to this kind of thing, and there are hints, A, that a metaphor is being used, and hints at what the metaphor might be referring to. And if you don't use those rules and limits and hints, then you could wind up saying that uh, anything means anything else. I could say day means night in the Bible, because I just say that everything has a metaphoric translation. So you can't do that. You wind up uh, coming up with a ridiculous text. There are... So, but if you follow the, the rules and the hints and the guides to interpretation, you can wind up seeing something much more rich than just what the surface level meaning seems to describe. Ad asher lo techshach ha-shemesh v'ya-or until the sun does not darken, which means remember God until you get to those days that the sun darkens, along with the light and the moon and the stars and the clouds return or probably disappear after the rains. This is a metaphor for the darkness that comes at the end of life. And I think the idea of the clouds raining out all of their substance is a metaphor for one's life forces that have collected like a cloud and then emptied themselves of their rain. On the day when the guards of the house tremble, that's the trembling hands of an aged person, and the men of valor become twisted. That's somebody's. That's an old person's rickety legs. And the grinding stones cease because they are few, which is the teeth as they fall out. And the lookouts become darkened in their outposts, which is, of course, the eyes in their sockets as they go dim. And the doors of the marketplace are shut, that's the lips, as the sound of the grinding mill, that's the mouth, diminishes, 
and he arises to the bird song, and all the singers are brought low. Now, the singers are a metaphor for the vocal cords, for the singing that a person does, and the way an old person's voice becomes light and, and, and can't be heard so well. It, uh, it becomes essentially un, unhearable. But the um, the words, v'yakom, v'yakom l'kolatzipur, that a person gets up, to the sound of um, of the bird song, that doesn't seem to be a metaphor. That actually seems to be describing the way old people wake up at the strike of dawn to the singing of the first birds. And this happens in biblical metaphor, where the curtain of the metaphor is occasionally drawn back, even in mid-metaphor, as the referent is revealed, perhaps to guide us in a correct interpretation of the metaphor and its reference. Um, more often the poet waits to the end to reveal what the metaphor is talking about, which he'll do here as well. And they have fear, also they have fear of heights and from the cracks in the road. This is also not so much a metaphor, but a literal description of an old person. You always hear about uh, like an 80-year-old who's doing just fine and it's good health, and then all of a sudden they trips on seemingly flat surface, some kind of little tiny crack, and they lose their balance and they fall and they break a bone, and from therein the health takes a, a nosedive. So uh, clearly some things that we worry about today uh, haven't changed in a few thousand years. V'yan eitz ha-shaked v'yistabel ha-chagav v'tafer ha-aviyona and the almond branch buds and the locust becomes loaded and the aviyona withers away. Now it's not clear what all these things are, especially the word aviyona. Um, it's not clear what they are literally, so therefore certainly we're going to have a little bit of a problem with them metaphorically, although they, they do seem to be some kind of plants or bugs. Um, however, the general consensus of what the metaphor means is that they all have to do with seasonal uh, budding or and then withering away. And it's the sexual desire that we're talking about, how the sexual desire budded during life, but then fades away. And now the metaphor is completely stripped away. When a person goes to his eternal house, it's what we would call today his final resting place, and the lamenters, the wailers, make their rounds in the marketplace. Verse 6 begins a new metaphor. The old one was, a, I guess, a sleepy town, maybe at nightfall, the gates are closing, the watchmen are getting tired, the work is halting, and the deterioration of the body, which is the reference uh, from age, was described externally. It was the arms, the legs, the mouth, the ears, the teeth, etc. With this new metaphor, Kohelet examines the internal structure of man. Ad asher lo yeratek hakesef. hakesef Vitarutz gulata zahav, viti shaver kad alamabua, vinarotz al galgal elabor. Until, meaning, enjoy the days of your life, but remember God during the times of his life, until it's over, until the cord of silver does not detach, that's the spine, and the golden bowl, now detached, rolls away, so that's probably the the skull, maybe the shoulders, and the jug shatters at the well, which is some part of the structure of the body, and the water container runs into the pit, and the pit is, of course, the grave. Once again, the metaphor is stripped away, v'yashov he'afar al ha'aretz k'shahaya v'aruach tashuv el ha'elohim asher nitanah. And the dust returns to the ground from whence it came, while the spirit returns to God who placed it there. And of course, there should be no doubt somebody uh, about Kohelet's faith. Kohelet has no questions whatsoever about the fact that the spirit of man goes up to heaven, goes to God after death. 
but from a life perspective, Havel Havalim Amar Kohelet Hakol Havel. That is the Hevel of all Havalim, says Kohelet, says the Kohelet, the Mar HaKohelet, meaning the, this is the final dissipation into nothingness. After the body is gone, it's gone. You get one try on this earth to make a name and to do good with one's life. Heaven and resurrection, as I've said before, are not the focus in Tanakh, because the job in Tanakh is not to describe the reward. It's, it's an attempt to instruct us how to get to that reward, to that reward, how to act in such a way that we deserve the reward. Verse 9 begins the final section of this book. It's an epilogue, which I think is similar to the last two lines of chapter 6, which I discussed over there. But over there, Kohelet, I think, himself was wrapping things up. Here, I believe it is the author, or perhaps editor is a better term. And whether that is Chizkiyahu himself, who's been channeling Solomon and now wants to wrap things up from his own perspective, or whether it's a later sage in in Hezekiah's and Chizkiyahu's school, um, maybe sometime towards the end of the First Temple or even in the exile. So that's not known. But what's clear is somebody is wrapping things up who is the editor of the book. Vyoter Shaya Kohelet Chacham Odli Mad Da'at Et Ha'am V'izein V'chiker Tikein Mishalim Harbei. And more than Kohelet was wise, he continued to teach knowledge to the people. He was a teacher. And he weighed and examined and constructed many proverbs. We've seen that in this book. We've seen where Kohelet quotes a proverb and then evaluates it or, or rejects it out, out of hand. Bikesh Kohelet limso divrei chefetz v'chatuv yosher divrei amet. Kohelet sought to discover or to bring out desirable words and writing about what is straight, words of truth, or maybe it means to write words of truth in a straightforward way, which means to educate them and convey them well. Um, that's the general idea. So is the editor saying that Kohelet did do this, or he just tried to do this? It's a little hard to say. But he continues, Divrei chachamim kadar vonot, uchmas mirot nituim ba'alei asupot, nitinu miro'e echad. Very difficult verse. But the words, I'll try this, the words of the chachamim, the sages, are like goads, G-O-A-D-S, which you are used to keep oxen moving in a straight line. Their words are like nails driven in as a group by a single shepherd. Um, I think the sense is that the sage, a sage collects wisdom, a chocham collects his chokhma and sets it all down in a pattern as if it's a bunch of nails ordered in a very orderly way because he wants to convey things with consistency and comprehens- as, and, com- and with comprehensibility as Kohelet has done, or at least according to this editor he has tried to do in this book. However, notwithstanding the quality educational work of the Chacham in general, and Kohelet in particular, we are warned, V'yoter mehema b'ni hizaher asot sefarim harbei, en kates v'lag harbei yigiyat basar. One more thing besides this, my son, be have some caution from writing or acquiring too many books. There is no end to it, and reading too much weakens the flesh. Of course, Rashi is uncomfortable with the idea of not writing Svarim, because Rashi was the writer of Svarim and the learner of Svarim. So he explains it as follows. If learning is so important, the author is saying, then where are all the books describing exactly what to do and how to behave? So the answer that the uh, Chacham is giving to his son is, it's not possible. 
impossible to write everything down that you need to know. And if you try to do such a thing, it will occupy too much of your time. It will tire you out. It's just not everything that is known can be written down. However, I would like to interpret the verse in a different way because whenever I read this verse, it reminds me of how I feel when I'm in the Yeshiva University Library on the fifth floor, which is where I like to hang out. It's where all the Torah books are and the scholarly articles. And whenever I walk through the bookcases, and, and there are tens of thousands of books, I have this desire, and it's, it's a real taiva, to do nothing but to sit and read them all one after another. And, and I've read a lot of books. I've probably read hundreds during the course of my studies. And I've probably read a thousand articles. But all of that is, is, is the a, a smallest percentage of the smallest percentage of what's actually on those shelves. And it's not even the biggest Judaica library in the world. The sense is that life isn't long enough to know everything you want to know. And if you try to, not only will you be overwhelmed, but you'll be disconcerted as well. So the issue may be, don't try to read all of it, or you'll spend your life accomplishing nothing. And that is surely absurd. Sof davar hakol nishma et Elohim yira ve'emitzvotav shemor kizekol adam. In the end, everything has been heard, meaning the key elements that need to be expressed to man have been expressed in this book, to wit. Fear God, et Elohim yira. Guard and keep his commandments. Because this is what defines what a man is. Why? Because for everything that is done, which means by man, under the sun, God will submit it or bring it in as evidence in the trial, meaning one's final trial before God. Even those things which may seem to have vanished. Is, is things that you could, you know, you thinking that nobody even pays attention to, whether those actions are good and whether those actions are bad. This explains why the word Elohim, of course, is used exclusively in this book, or one of the explanations, because according to Kohelet, God is absolutely just. He weighs all of a person's credits and all of a person's debits. They're all submitted on that judgment day for justice, and there is a balance sheet and an immutable scale that, that God uses. According to Kohelet, which way the scale tips on judgment day? is completely up to us.